0: Warhorse, and you need to shut your mouth, open your eyes, and clean out your ears because it's time to listen to the Raw and Order podcast. That's right, they're bringing you the best in all that meaty podcasty goodness in one, what is it, an hour, two, who cares, who gives a shit, you need to listen to it right now or else War Horse is gonna, I don't know, roll your ass! Welcome to another episode of Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, I guess. Prove me wrong. Uh, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? D-
1: did you... You just claimed we're the only Red Fleet podcast on I the did? planet. I did? At all.
0: Get in the comments. The
1: only one... We're at... We're it. That's it. Um,
0: <laughs> so, okay. no, no JLB this week again. He's still down in Mexico, or as he said, on Mexico.
1: Which is awkward.
0: Yeah. I still like don't know how it, that could be consensual, but, you know.
1: Like, everyone.
0: All of it, yes.
1: Is, it's, probably, it's probably just the peacocks on the beach, or peahens on the beach, yes.
0: because... I didn't see no girls there, or men, for that matter. Or men, yeah, you're right. I, I didn't see humans. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna king shame this. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess have... we're king shaming the pecans. So, uh... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't feel like bestiality could ever be consensual. I would agree. There, this is a weird way to start this podcast, though. Um... Hey, we're not the ones who said we were on Mexico. Indeed, indeed. May, maybe he's just been smoking all of Mexico, so he's on Mexico. Oh, roll up a little sm- little Mexico, put it in my pipe. Yeah.
1: It's it's the craziest pretty thing Mexico.
0: I don't remember anything. I've been on Mexico all week. <laughs> that is a unique
1: Mexican eye. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: But, uh... I feel like that's probably a terminology, at Mexican eye.
0: I feel like um, I feel like the only person on this podcast who might be qualified to talk about terminology at all is the one who we're making fun of right now. Not, <laughs> not that he's I mean, done a ton of drugs uh, by any means. I feel like he's done more than I have though. But he we has definitely done, done more, than, more done. than I have, so um I mean, is anyway.
1: that like is that we're like where you put your weed in your enchiladas? Yeah. Or marijuana mole
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that a thing, is it like
0: that well, thing? You, you know that actually really is an inter- a good topic to maybe sometime or another uh think about um like here in America we have edibles right they're really popular gummies is laced with THC you know all of this stuff right do what do they laced out in Mexico I mean, can you get a THC burrito? I mean, you can you can get stuff laced with other things than than weed. Well, you can. But my point is here in America the, the big one is weed, especially with legalized marijuana. Yes. You know, we we've got gummies, the dispensaries yeah. in areas where it is legal, which Nebraska is not one of those. Um but in areas where it is legal, uh is that your way gummies- of like saying
1: don't come to your house.
0: No, you can come to my house all you want. <laughs> Don't come to my neighbor's houses, though. <laughs> they, they uh, uh... About twice a week, we come home and light candles all over our, our kitchen because our apartment smells like pot because of the neighbors. But anyways. <laughs> um, this is, this is but... Not and sorry. I just think if we legalized it... They could smoke it wherever and not hold up in their house, hiding from the popos. So then our apartment wouldn't smell like weed all the time. It's my thought process. Anyways, but but edibles are the big thing. So there's there's gummies and there's cupcakes and brownies and all of this stuff. And and I just wonder, you know, can you get pot enchiladas? Is that a thing? Or mole? Mole? Or, I mean, it doesn't have
1: to be enchiladas.
0: No enchiladas. I mean tamales, pot tamales. Ooh, <laughs> That's that hot tamales. That, that that literally just writes itself. The ad campaign for that hot hot tamales. Possibly. Anyway, anyway,
1: so we're marketing for marijuana companies, and we don't. Yes, hashtag not sponsored. Them. Come on. I, I don't know what free product would do for you in this instance. Probably not much.
0: Not much, but maybe I could, you maybe know. Maybe you could send us some caffeinated beverages,
1: though. Caffeinated
0: beverages would be okay. Um, my, my thoughts are, are like, if I could just get my mother-in-law to drink a few of them, uh, she, she wouldn't willingly knowing what's in them, but once she did it, maybe she'd mellow a bit. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, make us uh, some brownies for Thanksgiving, bud. She she is currently doing the um, uh. Well, what, what's Hot. the other one? No, the the. It's not THC, but it's the it's the one that's legal here. Um,
1: oh, the like D eight or whatever it is. No the, uh,
0: CBD, CBD, CBD. She yeah. does the CBD uh, because it's really good for her arthritis and all of that stuff, and uh.
1: Do so you really want your somebody. mom to get high the very first time when you are around, standing on the table
0: doing "Zooey,
1: Zooey, Zooey"?
0: Dude, it couldn't be worse than what she does already.
1: North Carolina, raise up, take your which, shit. Okay, which is,
0: which is is mostly accuse me of being a communist and uh, well, fucking ruining her daughter. If the shoes fits, where is it. I'm a socialist, not a communist. There's a difference. Big difference. Um, but we're not going to get into that. We're talking wrestling <laughs> today. So I wanted to start off. Uh, before we get into everything, we're still technically part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, even though it's now a radio show. Uh, and we haven't started submitting episodes to that yet because uh, we're discussing. Uh, but so um, check out the Tatnus Radio. Uh, you can find it on Facebook, Tatnus Radio, and and check it out there. Um I wanted to talk about something. I sent you this as a hashtag cringe wrestling take earlier this week. Well, that's ago. a big one. I,
1: this is probably part of our big show. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you you made a you made a big promise for us, and so now I felt like I had to break have, out this big gun.
1: I have two, one of which you will argue with me about, the other of which will be um, worthy of a moment of silence. So
0: go on. W- Will I argue with you on something? Well, let me put on my shocked face. That's the, why,
1: why is it that your shocked face is the same face you make when you're having your O's?
0: Uh, how do you know that? <laughs> mm.
1: uh, uh, a gentleman never tells? I don't
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Move on. Let's go. Let's anyway, talk about Jericho not
1: being the greatest of all yeah, time. Yeah,
0: so, so uh, Pro Wrestling World on Facebook posted... This is your goat, Painmaker, Wizard, Ocho, Lionheart, whatever you feel like calling him. This man is not the greatest ever. As someone who's been a fan of wrestling for 20 plus years, I've never seen Jericho's allure. Uh, what does he do different or better than anyone? Can he wrestle? Sure. Can he talk? Sure. But there, that can go for tons of guys uh, from not only his day, but today too. Winning the Ring of Honor title recently does nothing for that brand and does nothing for his career. Not to mention how annoying he is on commentary these days. Save me the oh he's a heel bullshit. There's a difference. Greatest talker, Heyman. Greatest in-ring worker, arguably it's Cena. Jericho may not be in the my top fifty ever. Um So so here's the deal. I understand if you don't think Jericho's the goat, right? I nope, that's fair. De- debate back and I forth. Because on
1: there's it. only one goat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and GOAT so, is greatest of all time, and you could make a, a serious argument for for people like Hulk Hogan, or Ric Flair. I would yeah. not put him as the goat in
1: those two categories, and uh-huh. putting um, him as the goat as a wrestler, which is
0: a combination of categories. Well, and and more specifically, uh, you say greatest talk. This guy says greatest talker, Paul Heyman. Arguably, yes. I'm not not going to really debate too much on that. Um, uh, but, except for you have
1: brian you have uh uh bobby the brain you had
0: bobby the brain yeah. heenan you have uh, the rock the rock yeah well and, hello ambrosia hello ambrosia welcome what pleasure to have you here um but uh yeah bobby the brain heenan uh arguably uh you know you, you there are tons Brock of them out the there. Dwayne
1: Johnson. Yeah. yeah. the Dwayne Johnson. You, you might be able to say Triple H. That interview, mm-hmm. Triple H, cut maybe the greatest single interview of all time. Yeah. Cut it and said, yeah. I am the damn game.
0: Yeah. So, um, Stone Cold, you know, Stone I mean, these Cold. are all uh, legitimate arguments for, for greatest talker. Heyman is in the list, although I would Hell. argue, I would Razor argue.
1: Ramon. Could be the list I would stuff. argue
0: that Heyman does not belong in this list because he's never been an in-ring performer ever. Like in terms of regular wrestling and stuff like that, all the other people we named wrestled as well as talked. In fact, and, I think
1: Cena belongs more in the better talker list yeah. than he does in-ring. Um,
0: in, in, terms of, in, in terms of in-ring talker, there are tons of people like, like Bobby the brain was legitimately a wrestler before he retired from that due to back injuries. Uh, and went to management, m- managerial slash uh, announcer desk, right? Uh, so he fulfills both of those, but Heyman doesn't. However, it's the greatest in-ring worker, uh, in ring worker, arguably, it's Cena part that's the real cringe part of this. Five moves to do him, buddy. I like John Cena. So do he I. He is entertaining he uh puts on decent matches and towards the end of his career had no problem with putting people over right and truly
1: um, maybe a better actor than Dwayne the Rock Johnson if given enough time he is definitely funnier than Dwayne the Rock Johnson in 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 his roles in movies
0: yeah Boom. Um, sorry, responding. Uh, yeah. but yeah, but in-ring worker, I mean, here's the deal is if you want to say in-ring worker and just argue that, then you've got to include people like Kenny Omega. You gotta include people like uh Akata uh Bruno San Martino's, you know, there's a lot of people if you're talking uh that hey Jeff, we agree with you, JLB does suck because he's down in Mexico still, consensual with Mexico. Anyways.
1: uh, And JLB sucks very well. Yeah, very well. He stopped on his way to Mexico, that's all I'm saying.
0: But, uh, (laughs) But when you talk about, you know, if you're separating out into those two categories then there's a lot of argument on both of those. But here's the deal. Greatest of all time is not about individual categories. It's about everything. And there have been very, very few people who do everything as well as as fucking Jericho did, right? Correct. Or does. and, And that means as a whole. He is a really good talker. Maybe not the single-handedly greatest of all time talker, but really good talker. He's a really good in-ring performer. Maybe, maybe not... He's a safe in-ring performer, yeah. which is may, important too. Maybe not by himself the greatest of all time in-ring performer, but he's very, very good. Uh, he is extremely good at getting almost any gimmick that he wants to over. Almost every gimmick that he s- decides to do goes over.
1: Well, some uh, of them he doesn't want to do go over well.
0: Well, and like so someone in the thing brought up how he does things. The person said, well, that GFY went over like a turd. And I go, well, the problem with that is uh, it was all a timing thing. He trademarked GFY. It was going to be his trademark. And then fucking Moxley in the ring says, go fuck yourself to someone else. <clears throat> on the episode that he was going to debut it as his thing. That's nothing he could control, and I, I'm i relatively certain if he had... I don't know that Moxley knew, by the way. No, Moxley didn't do it to sabotage him. They, there was no communication, but I'm just saying it's still a timing thing. If if Jericho's GFY had came first and Moxley hadn't done his own thing there... uh. I am pretty certain Gfy would have gone over, right? The problem was, is is he was second to that, that particular that particular fiddle. But but, you know, he got he got you just made the list over. uh, He got you idiot over. He got the painmaker over. He got Man of a Thousand and Four Holds over. Yeah, Man of a thousand and four holds over. He got uh The Wizard over now. Um you know it I'll say been, that I'm
1: glad that one's over. That it's
0: it, over. It's not over though. That's the problem is they're still calling him the wizard on yeah. T V every week. But it's it's gotten it's gotten over. People Yes it has. You know. I don't
1: like it, but yes it has.
0: Um but that's the thing is, now, and that's why it's, it's, I understand if you don't include him in your greatest of all time. Right. I understand I if it. you
1: don't put him in your top 50. Uh, well, okay. If you don't put him in your top 10,
0: I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. But then the real cringe is saying Cena is arguably the greatest worker of all time. Um, That is a slap in the face to a lot of people. And again, I like Cena, I think he was very good for what he did. But he was not the greatest worker of all time. You mentioned the five moves of Doom, which he eventually latched onto and created the sixth move of Doom, right? Uh, but, but in the end, he like put him in the ring with Kazuchika Okada, and Kazuchika Okada wrestled circles around him. Put him in the ring with Zack Sabre Jr. And Zack Sabre Jr. wrestles circles around him. Put him in the ring with in Seth Rollins for Seth six. Rollins, yeah, or Bruno Sammartino or fucking Bob Backlund. You know, uh, there have been hundreds of workers Brett, Brett, Shawn Michaels, fucking uh, Steve Austin pre neck injury, Steve Austin post neck injury, uh, you know? So. So that's the real part of that cringe wrestling take that I that I wanted to kind of focus on because it's like, I mean, really, for you know, as soon as he said that, the, the concept of him knowing anything about wrestling and
1: I think I mean you want to talk ring work I mean you,
0: hell the Miz well if if you want to talk. Specifically, ring work. I I don't know if the Miz is up there, but specifically ring work. Dolph Ziggler's up there. Yeah, fucking Kurt Angle. Right. Brock. Yeah. When Brock gets a to... long match, Brock puts on a show. I don't. I don't even need to leave the fucking uh, uh, ruthless aggression era. You're at. I mean, he's at the same level as Batista for in ring
1: work. That, and and I'm not saying that Batista's bad I'm saying that nobody talks Batista as, the, as a goat for in-ring work.
0: Let's see here. Um you could Ooh. argue a guy like Al Snow in-ring work was better than I think Al
1: Snow's gift of character work.
0: Well, his character work but he, he's got a lot of knowledge and in his in-ring skill was up there, but you could you could make that argument, right? Uh, you Which could, is another
1: piece to that. Like that, the, the, the key
0: is that, he, that this guy assumes could, that there's only two pieces to being a goat. Well, yeah, you you could you could argue that CM Punk's a better in ring worker, right? Than, uh, he's certainly not uh, a better backstage worker. He uh, the the name that does not like to get ma- uh, mentioned, Chris Benoit, definitely a better in ring worker.
1: Absolutely,
0: uh, Eddie Guerrero better in ring worker. Um Dean I, I pretty much he, every yeah, Dean Lincoln, yeah. Every I I'm, just, ever. I'm going I'm going down the the ruthless aggression era roster because I want to point out he wasn't even the best in ring worker in his main era. Right? Cody Rhodes is arguably a better worker, in ring worker. Uh than, Dustin that's, yeah, Dustin Rhodes definitely. Um, just going through, I already said Edge. Uh, Edge, I would argue Edge, especially during that era, was a better in ring worker. I would, Um, I would,
1: I would even debate maybe our truth.
0: mm -hmm. Uh, Shane Helms or Gregory Shane Helms or Suga Shane, yeah, uh, or the um, Hurricane mm -hmm. would argue, as he's a better in ring worker. Uh um there's in fact i'm just gonna i'm gonna be simple here and again i preface this by saying i like john cena i do i think he brought a lot to the sport he brought a lot of exposure to the sport he was very good on the mic uh, especially later on when he started being more comfortable with putting other people over and a little bit less selfish he was really really good but frankly when you look at the ruthless aggression era um, you know, uh, there, it's hard not to, it's hard to find someone that I wouldn't put above him in terms of in-ring worker, in terms of skill. Like Jim Duggan, I, I put below him in-ring worker, um, uh, but yeah, but like, uh, um uh, you know, oh, John Morrison, I'd put above him. Right. Hands down. Um, let's see below him, Uh, Johnny Stromboli. I'd put Johnny Stamboli below him uh, in in Ring Worker. Um, Wait, did you say John Morrison would be below him? No, above him. But Johnny Stamboli would be below him. Uh, Kofi Kingston would be above him. Uh, But uh, uh, Lance Cade would be below him. Lance Storm would be above him. But, um... Um... Jeez, jeez! I have Marty Jannetty below him, and that's only because of the fact that he got Marty Jannettyed.
1: Marty Jannetty is a gross
0: human being. He, he is a gross human being. Unfortunately, he was actually a good worker. Um, but but that's what it comes down to. Is I mean, Randy Orton's a better worker than. Than John Cena by leaps and bounds, right? Uh, yes. Rob Van Dam was a better worker. Um, and so now, if Tommy Dreamer is probably on the same level as him. Yeah. Now, if you want to argue that John Cena belongs above Jericho on the greatest of all time list, that's a different thing altogether because the greatest of all time list is uh, communal, right? Uh, you know, you can be a really good worker and horrible on the mic and horrible in character work and have so a very short career. So, by comparison, so in different
1: sports, there are, there are different goats. Um, in football, the obvious goat in as a quarterback in the NFL is Tom Brady. No, people do not tend to argue with that. They do not argue that he's the greatest player of all time because obviously, you know... He, he couldn't play a lick of defense to save his soul.
0: Yeah.
1: In the NFL. I, I, I in terms of the greatest player of all time, it's probably Deion Sanders, who can play both yeah. sides of the ball and be successful on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm.
0: Um I, I will say I do know some 49ers fans who would say that uh, despite all of the evidence for Tom Brady that it's actually Joe Montana. And that's
1: um, that's fair to make them to make that argument. It's also fair for the people who make the argument that LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time, but at the end of the day, Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. But it's fair for people to have that discussion. What's not fair is to come into professional wrestling and treat it like basketball, because you can't, in football, you just simply cannot name a greatest football player of all time. You can name a greatest of lots of different positions, but you can't name the greatest fo- football player of all time. But in basketball, they do name it, it is relatively I mean, you're limited on the number of people on the court. And so it is fair for people to make those arguments um, about LeBron or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or um, Michael Jordan. What's not fair is to say LeBron's not the greatest basketball player of all time. In fact, so much so that I would say hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts. Tony Kukoch is a better forward. Mm-hmm. In what fucking world are you smoking? Tony Kukoc was not a better forward than LeBron. Tony Kukoc was a great team player, but he was only effective when he had Michael Jordan there. Yeah, But and so that's, really I, what, that's really what the argument
0: is. I, I found a good example of someone I would put lower on the list than John Cena in Ruthless Aggression Era. The Sandman. Yeah. Love me some Sandman. In-ring, in-ring worker, he was not. Uh, speaker, he was not. No. This is, this is where he had the charisma. one of these
1: guys... He had the he ring entrance and character. He has had character work. There's a big difference between a, a, a good in-ring speaker and great character work. And so for that reason, again, when you spend your entire career as one character, or two in John Cena's instance... Three, you could count two different rap era versions of him. Um, I'll give you that, but he didn't, he didn't ever really become a different character than hustle, loyalty, respect. Anyway, so under that same token, since we are talking about great in ring workers, we can talk about a great in ring worker who we already mentioned. And you sent me something earlier this week also about Seth Rollins and a note that he had written, allegedly, nobody has evidence that this directly came from Seth Rollins, about being the second man, about being behind the face of the company. And that is what John Cena and The Rock are the two greatest of all time at, is being the face of the company. Third behind that is probably... Um Hulk Hogan and then fourth would be Roman. I would say Bruno San Martino's fifth. So Seth Rollins talks about not ever being able to be the face of the company, even though he's a better wrestler than
0: Roman. What was your hot take on that? I know what mine was. Um just just to uh, uh clarify, that was from an interview that Seth Rollins did with BT Sports. Okay. Um, so it it is. It is 100% verified that he wrote this. And he said oh, this. Okay. that he said um, that. Okay. Yeah, so um, the, the quote that you're referring to, if I'm correct, is he said, uh, even when I had won the title at WrestleMania cashed in great moment, it still felt like I was second fiddle to Roman Reigns as so, you know, I've never felt like in my time in WWE that the company was like, yep, he's our guy put his face on everything. I don't know, man. I wonder often if because I live in the Roman era, that's just never going to happen. The only time I was even considered, I think, for the main event at WrestleMania was with Roman when he got leukemia. The best I can hope for is to be the edge to his John Cena, the Randy Savage to his Hulk Hogan. Sometimes I just feel like that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Doesn't mean that I don't think that I'm better than he is, or that I can perform, or I can draw at that level. I certainly think all those things, but it's not my sandbox. I don't make those decisions. Um, and, and the thing is, he's not wrong. Um, I don't know... Might, I think I think his wife's the only person who can draw at the level that Roman does. For that, I think he could draw at the level that Roman does. I think he was never given the chance to, mostly because uh, prior to Roman's current run, um, which he's killing it at. I want to be clear. Prior to that, he was, and we've talked about this before. He was over with crowds, yes, but he was not over with the fans right and a lot of us felt like he was being pushed down our throats and because that administration in WWE which recently has changed but that administration was so high on push roman to the moon that i think they held back on giving anyone else a real shot and that's why he said in there that when roman had to had to take time off for leukemia he got close because that was the first time in his entire WWE career that they did not have Roman there. Sorry. And they had to let someone else be the man for a bit. Uh, but they didn't really give him the, the give him the ball and let him run. I think he could potentially draw at that level, but as long as Roman is here and especially with the run Romans on now, I don't know if they'll ever give him the shot. Right. Um, I do think I do think his wife can draw at that level. Um, I think he could draw at that level if given the t- chance. Uh, but I don't think you know. It's just like Macho Man. I think could have drawn at the Hulk Hogan levels if Hulk Hogan was didn't exist. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I here's here's a here's a name that's been a face of the organization multiple times. That is that does not draw. At that top level, and that's Flair, and he's oftentimes in that goat conversation. Mm-hmm. But Flair drew at that level maybe
0: a year in his life. Yeah. Well, and the the thing that's always tough to to keep in mind, um, heels typically don't draw. And that's right. not a knock on heels it's not their job to draw, right? Correct. Their job is to give the face something to draw against, right? Yes. Um, And so, because 90% of Flair's career was heel, uh, and, and the other 10% during... was him being face just to set up his eventual heel, heel turn. Well,
1: it, it also was never... It it didn't exist in the heel is over era. Okay. He he never lived in the current
0: era where heel can be over. But you know? his job was always and the heel's job always is to make the face look good. That's it. Yep. Right? Yep. Um and so so Ric Flair didn't draw uh because he wasn't supposed to. What he was supposed to do was make Ricky Steamboat looked really good. So Ricky Steamboat drew. Uh, Sting looked real good. So Sting drew. Hulk Hogan. Make Hulk Hogan look good. So Hulk Hogan drew. Um, so. And I Flair just... was
1: exceptional with that.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. Um, I think... I do think that this interview is, at the very least, slightly kayfabe. I, th- oh, I I, think
1: that that's where they're going, yeah.
0: I think this interview is all about setting up the potential future run for Seth Rollins. The, I've never been the guy, so now I'm going to take this. You know? Because they've they've teased it. In fact, they teased it so much and then didn't pull the trigger on it when uh, Vince was in charge that Seth is the only guy that Roman can't beat clean and still is the only guy that Roman couldn't beat clean, right? Uh, Roman eventually got wins over Seth, but they still weren't clean, right? And so, uh, to have this eventually set up where Seth is like, I'm going to show that I am the guy. I am the guy to run this company. Um, I think this is kind of setting up for that. Sure. Um, while we're at a decent stopping point. Ooh. Yeah.
1: So... Scissor me, daddy-ass.
0: <laughs> Put up two of them. Let's do... One through
1: six. uh One and six.
0: One and six. I mean, in Brazil, i will just say two and one, but... Pack. I mean, I'm going to end up opening all tonight, so... Yeah. You know. Because I... I'm not a fan of spreading them out. See? number twenty-one. Twenty-one. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Card number one. Ooh, Seamus. Seamus. Not a hollow. Not a hollow. What a red, white, and blue look like. This is a good pack. Those are the standard ones for this one, so. Uh Seth Franklin Rollins. Yeah. This is a good pack. Ow. It was a good pack. So this is still a good card. Tommaso. Uh-huh. Right on. And then for my chase card, my orange hollow. Run anchor, we got.
1: All right, open the other pack. You are doing so good, Pack. We can't we can't end on that. You were doing so good. X that pack (laughs)
0: Okay, card number one. Uno an hell.
1: Angel, Angel, Angel Garza.
0: Pack. Card number
1: two. Bay, bay
0: Ding dong. Bailey. A lot of people impressed with her this week. Card number three. Oh. Don't ruin this pack with a fourth one. And the fourth one. It's just the uh, prismatic version of the regular red, white, and blues. Uh, But it's not horrible. Gilbert. Oh, no, that's Goldberg. Yeah. Oldberg. 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 Not a horrible pack, but still. Like, I I would have rather have gotten the whole. Name the
1: Goldberg match for Saudi Arabia.
0: That's weird. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to do a Goldberg match, but... Uh, I think he's still got a contract. May as well do it in Saudi Arabia and move it move uh, along with life. Did you see what the latest speculation is? What's that? So so they announced one thing. Uh, well, it, it, it didn't so much get announced as uh, leaked, but it came out... That there's going to be a special guest referee for the Fight Pit match at Extreme Rules, right? Okay. Uh, and. Uh, I didn't see this news. Is it Oldberg? No.
1: Is it uh, Brock Lobster? No,
0: No, but uh, the Brock Lobster plays into it in the end. So so the fight pit match is going to be Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins, right? Uh, There's going to be a special guest referee, and it's uh, reportedly going to be uh, Daniel Cormier.
1: Ooh. Could see see Brock Lobster
0: show up. uh Which is why the speculation is that they're doing this to build up to Brock versus Cormier at Saudi Arabia a month later.
1: The match, we didn't get to see the sequel. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, Kane Velasquez, still not with the company, still released, sounds like. Yes. Would have been nice to see him be successful. Anyway, um, so I I, want to give us – a brief moment of silence, probably one of the most influential men in all of professional wrestling history passed, what, uh, two days ago, Friday?
0: Uh, yeah, Friday.
1: Friday. Um, at uh, uh, Japan's own Antonio Inoki passed this week. I thought he was 59, is that right? Oh, I think he was a little older than that, but... Um, Not very um... old. Well, anyway, regardless... Um, so Antonio Inoki, um barring Vince, probably the most influential man in 79. professional of oh, '79. That's what it was. Uh, barring Vince, probably the most influential rest man in wrestling history. So mm-hmm. uh, Vince being being number one, uh, Bischoff obviously being third. So I mean, you, you, none of those guys are wrestlers. That's the business side. Well, Antonio Noki was. Uh, That's the business side, though, that all of them um, influenced. And I know he was a dick and wouldn't put anybody over, but also one of the most influential men in professional wrestling history.
0: I mean, um, the the simple fact is, without him, obviously New Japan wouldn't exist, right? Because he's the founder of that. But arguably, WCW wouldn't have existed, at least Mm -hmm. not in the form... That I we sought because he he uh, was influential with Ted Turner, and uh, eventually a friend of Eric Bischoff's, and uh, their relationship was very influent- influential in the the forming of a lot of the cruiserweight talent swaps that happened. In- well, in in
1: the amount of times, I mean, he was influential in numerous wrestlers' lives. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin being one of them. Um, anybody who who wrestled in Japan in some way, shape, or form was probably influenced by Antonio Noki, Which were, that that includes guys like Chris Jericho. That includes John Moxley. That includes guys like AJ Styles. That includes guys like Kenny Omega. So you can't just you can't just uh, shave him down to. And, and again, this is a guy who legitimately beat the shit out of a guy who didn't play his part. That was way bigger and supposedly way tougher than him. Um, but also, this is a guy who knew what he was doing. Uh-huh. And knew how to sell to a Japanese audience. So, um, probably reasonably influential in the advent of ROH because their style was a lot more like the Japanese style of pro product. And so, I mean, I, I can't help but think that he influenced our current AEW product. So. Um, not directly, but indirectly that man's the wake of his life um, echoes through all of professional wrestling.
0: So. Yeah. Um, also important to note, Uh, Inoki is a former WWF heavyweight champion although WWF does not acknowledge it. Uh, He beat Bob Backlund in Japan in 1979. Uh, Backlund then won the rematch but WWF president uh, declared the rematch to no contest due to interference and Inoki remained champion but Inoki refused the title because he says I lost it, so it was declared vacant. And Backlund later uh, defeated Bobby Duncan to regain the title. But WWF title history listed Backlund's first one reign as one solid reign. Um,
1: so making his the second longest of all time, right behind one Bruno Sammartino. Yes. Um. So, the other piece I wanted to get to, and I know you're going to do rundowns, but what in the hell was that promo? On Wednesday night, that was the... That that reminded me, and I know people are wondering which one I'm talking about. If you watched the Huskers yesterday versus Indiana, it was the sloppiest Husker win I think I've ever seen in my life. It was a sloppy, sloppy football game. Horrible. Just horribly sloppy. And it reminded me exactly of Wednesday night's promo cut by Soraya. So... The whole segment. Now... I, I don't know if Brit was sent out to save her. I don't know
0: if that's the design of the promo. No. It was just a shit fucking so, promo. So, so here's what it came down to. I don't think it was as bad as most people say it was. Oh. I personally thought, but I also, um, you know, will point out that th- that was the first time she delivered a kayfabe promo in four years, five years, right? Especially on TV. She's nervous. Right? She stumbled a few times. I don't think it was as bad. I think the promo went exactly the way it was planned. The Britt Baker interruption went exactly as the way it was planned. The whole thing was set up there. But she stumbled mostly because nerves. Um, I would argue that we've seen worse promos in both AEW and WWE in the last month. Uh, And we've given them passes, but because she was brought in to such fanfare, we expected higher from her and her nerves got the better of her. And I think that's really what it came down to, because I don't think it was that bad. I really don't. Um, uh, A lot of people drew uh, ire to her for what they deemed a dig at WWE in the promo. Uh, Where she mentioned, it's nice to have a uh, boss that listens to you. Uh, And they're like, WWE kept you employed for years after you got injured. You know, you should be thankful and and not not dogging them or whatever. And um, two things can be true at the same time. WWE did keep her employed for a long time after she was injured in ring working for them. WWE also did not listen to any of her uh pitches for ways to keep her on TV and keep using her. Right? Uh they decided that she was better off used as a uh ambassador than as an actual on-screen performer. Um They've done the same thing with with Titus O'Neil. They've decided that he's better as an ambassador than as an on-screen performer. Um, and when your whole career and training has been based on being a performer in some way, shape or form, and then you're not and you keep going to your manager. Heck, even if it's not as a performer, right? If you have a job and for years you keep going to your manager and saying, hey, I would like to do something more. I would like to do this. I would like to do that. And they say, no, but we're still going to keep you hired. You're going you're to do this other job that we don't like. You can be thankful to have a job and yet also angry that they didn't listen to you and didn't give your let your input help. Right? That they didn't utilize you to a level Correct. Yep. Both of those things can be true. Yes, Vince McMahon and WWE kept her employed. That is true. But the last time she appeared on WWE TV was pre-pandemic, definitely. Uh, it was when she got injured. I think they might have had her
1: well uh, yeah on TV I guess yeah she was cause she was managing um, um Oscar and Oscar and Kyrie So yeah So I think her last one was taking the mist to the face.
0: Let's see here. Uh she appeared on Skype in March of 2020, right? So that would have been right at the beginning of pandemic. Okay. Um, where she announced Bailey would defend her title uh, in a six way against Sasha Banks and uh, Dana Brooke. And Nipur. so her general
1: manager role was the last role.
0: Um, prior to that, her last appearance. Uh, was uh, October twenty eighth of twenty uh, nineteen 2019, um, when Oscar misted her in the face? She then was a contributor for WWE backstage for the whatever two years it was on. I guess it technically was still on. I don't know. Anyways. Um, But again, that's my point is, yes, she kept her job, you know, but it's, you know, I think all of us have at least at one point in a job experienced a, I could bring so much more to this job if they just let me. Right. And, and then the job saying, nah, we don't need you. We're not we're not gonna use you more than this this is all we're gonna have you do right
1: so so that's that's the excuse for a bad promo uh
0: that's the that's the excuse for the line in the promo but again
1: I, don't I give my, a about the line the whole thing was different.
0: my my argument was I don't think it was as bad as you're saying it was yeah well, I I again I feel like I can go back on raw and Smackdown over the last month, and AEW and Dynamite and Rampage, and I can find in the last month, probably four or five promos that were worse than that uh, on those other ones, but they didn't come from they didn't come from Soraya fresh back on her first mic appearance of the much vaunted signed Soraya in AEW, and that's what it comes down to, right? Is here's the deal: Is Soraya was known for for doing good promos. Uh, that's kind was kind of her thing. She was good in the ring and she was good on the mic. Um, and so this would be roughly the equivalent of if John Cena came back and stumbled during a promo, right? People would would bash it because. They'd say it's a bad promo because they have higher expectations for them. But I have seen in the last month on AEW fucking Peter Avalon give a promo that I love Peter Avalon worse than this promo. Uh, Ryan Nemeth has given promos on screen worse than this promo. But here's the deal. No one expects their promos to be fire People expected her promo to be better, and I think that's the thing. Because I don't think it was as bad. She stumbled one time.
1: I will say that I of... think it was a poorly written promo, and um, I'm going to even make a hot take. Tony Khan needs out. So, so this is where we're going to go, and you can yeah. you can either so, go here and tweet at me, or mm-hmm. you can go... Or you can uh, get in the comments. There. Tweeted him where you can get in the comments mm-hmm. and can say, Was it a good promo or a bad promo? Yeah. You will keep talking, you can listen to the promo.
0: Yeah. But it here, here's here's what here's it what 11 it comes minutes out of garbage. Here. Um you you say Tony Khan needs help. I'm gonna take one moment and just point out this also plays into what I'm saying here. This was not just her first promo back in two years, right? It was also her first non-scripted promo.
1: Well,
0: man. And possibly ever. Script that motherfucker. Uh, and so nerves play into it. Nerves play into a lot. I I was a theater major in college and uh, actually professionally paid actor and a DJ for 10 years. And I can tell you that oh, when things aren't scripted or things go wrong, your nerves can play into things way more than you believe. So... Um, I don't think it was as bad as as everyone, as as you're saying it was. In fact, 99% of the criticisms I've read online about it have been entirely based on why is she bashing, bashing WWE after they kept her employed. They haven't been saying it was a bad promo. They've been saying it had this bad moment in it. So you've been, so far, the only person that I've seen saying the promo as a whole was bad. Um. And I am saying I disagree with you on that, I guess. Well, you can. Get in the comments. That's the rule.
1: So anyway, that, that was my big ones was Antonio Inoki and, of course, that promo. Um, I've seen me some bad promos. Not too many of them made me want to tune out immediately.
0: Again, I... I saw a worse promo from Bobby Fish on Impact Wrestling a week ago. Uh, but here's the deal. But but that's what I'm saying. Your expectations for Impact are lower, so a bad promo from Impact is meh. Yeah, it's just Impact, whatever. Your expectations for Bobby Fish's promo are lower, so when Bobby Fish puts out a bad promo, you're like, whatever. It's just Impact. It's just Bobby Fish, right? this was soraya doing her first promo on aew tv after being gone and unseen of on wwe tv for two years right uh expectations are higher and when expectations are higher and it doesn't live up to those expectations people bitch right uh to use, like. a, to use a, a non-wrestling reference, uh, when the Star Wars movies return after 20 years of not being in theaters and everything, and then they make a, a first sequel in a planned trio of sequels, and it's uh, The Force Awakens. The expectations were up here. And this movie was never going to reach these expectations ever, ever, ever. And when it came out and it was here, uh, people complained because it wasn't up here. Um, I don't really think it was here either. Again, I liked The Force Awakens, I liked The Last Jedi even more. That's the hot take that people will come at me for. Um, uh, I didn't hate. Uh, Last Skywalker uh, I I didn't like it a ton because uh, they set up some really good things in The Last Jedi that then uh, they just retconned out because uh, they didn't like that and J.J. Abrams was back in charge and so he's like nah um, The Last Jedi set up some really good things with anyone can be the hero and then J.J. Abrams is like nope nope Nope, got to be special blood. She's, she's got special blood. She's a Palpatine. And I didn't like that. So, uh, But, and again, we'll even go back farther, right? Um, the prequel trilogy. Again, expectations were up here. They were never going to meet these expectations up here. So no matter where they fell down here, it wasn't up here so everyone shits on them. I don't think they're up here, but I also don't think they're down here. Uh, I think on re-watching them recently, they're better than we gave them credit for. Uh, they're not great, but they are better than we gave them credit for. And most of their problems are George Lucas problems, not acting problems or... On-screen problem. I feel like they were Disney problems. This was pre-Disney, the prequels. Oh. The prequels were pre-Disney. Yeah, those, those were, yes. I thought you were talking about the the um, sequels, the nope, sequel I said, trilogy. Going back to the prequels. Okay. The prequels. I, the sequels, I think, are here. They're not up here, but I think as a whole, they're here. They went like this. Force Awakens, Last Jedi... Last guy So they average back out to here. Again, that's not here. And so people give them now the prequels are like here as a whole. I'll and give they you go a hot take. They go Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith.
1: I'll give you a hot take. I think Attack of the Clones is the best of the prequels.
0: I disagree with that, but I have respect that opinion. Uh uh, Revenge of the Sith is is by far the best. I
1: think mean, Revenge of the Sith needed to be two movies
0: for it to be properly Um ready. I I think I think Attack of the Clones should be Episode One. Revenge of the Sith should have been Episode Two, and then there should have been a third one that was just Order sixty six of fucking Darth Vader hunting down and killing. Yes, the that
1: that's that's where they just uh, failed miserably. But they just needed a movie of Jedi's being murdered.
0: I think uh, they fucking did A.L. with Sakura fucking dirty and uh, say, say 10 fucking dirty. He just gets fucking murked while flying his little spaceship and he's a fucking Jedi master. Uh, Anyway,
1: Secura, Secura can't tell that her her own trainer has no fucking has no fucking clue that he's different. Just
0: meh. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is she just gets gunned down by fucking uh, uh, clone troopers. Doesn't even block a single fucking blaster attack. Just like, oh, geez, they're bad. Oh, I'm dead. Anyway, moving forward. They also, um, I I will say Revenge of the Sith also fucking, uh, did fucking Kit Fisto dirty too. Shows up and just gets murked by Palpatine in one motion.
1: That's because Palpatine was way more powerful than people gave him credit for.
0: I, uh, He was way more powerful. Kit Fisto was also a fucking Jedi Master and a master of a form, a lightsaber form, that was specifically designed for defense like that. Um, Kit Fisto was kind of a, a weird hyper fixation of mine in the 90s, so... It's a different thing altogether. Um... So let's What you obsessed about something in the nineties? Hyperfixations are real. It's part of my undiagnosed spectrum disorder. So WWE Raw. Started off with Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. Good. I kinda wished they would have given EO a lot more like offense, but whatever. I'm really nervous about Alexa Bliss continuing to hold the fucking Lily doll again. Like, she had gone for a few weeks without holding the Lily doll, right? And then now these quiet rabbit things all come out. And now she's holding the Lily doll every week. A
1: little news there this week with actual Bray's face.
0: Sort of. Bray's voice, sort of. Um, so a lot of sort of's in this. Um, they're still throwing out a lot of red herrings, too, but... I'm 90% certain it's Ray. Here's the deal. Is if it's not Bray, fucking there's going to be Ray. Apparently there was
1: news that it was it was not originally planned to be Bray. Uh, I, I saw that report... Malachi Black, and I don't know if I if I believe
0: that. No, here's the deal. Is, what that comes from is people reading into uh, a quote from Dave Meltzer. And the quote from Dave Meltzer is, if you look at the source cor- code, it includes references to the Alistair Black theme song, which we talked about last week. Yeah. Right? Um, And people heard that and said... Dave Meltzer is reporting that it's supposed to be Aleister Black. Which is not what his statement said. It's important to note. Dave Meltzer has been wrong about things before. Dave Meltzer sometimes plays both sides of a story. But it's important to note that his quote did not say this is or was supposed to be Aleister Black. It says that they used... Quotes from his theme song, which can make you think it might be Alistair Black. Uh this also comes the same week that Alistair Black, Malachi Black, went on Instagram live and said point blank, I will I be know- back on AEW in a right. few weeks or maybe a few months. So,
1: right. Yeah.
0: Now, we mentioned before it's probably what he would say even if he was leaving. So Grain of salt there, but uh, I think um, they've shown with these promos that they are 100% interested in in setting up confusion and trying to keep you guessing. Because they know if the promos were just, oh, it's obviously Bray Wyatt, they wouldn't draw as much interest interest as if they were, well, maybe it's Baron Corbin. Well maybe it's Malachi Black. Well maybe it's fucking Ryback. Well maybe it's Karrion Cross, right? So I'm still pretty certain it's it's gonna be uh, Bray Wyatt. Although there the I say 90% certain it's Bray Wyatt. There's about 10% that it's actually not gonna be just one person, but rather a faction that includes Bray Wyatt. Um And, and that some of these red herrings are hints to the faction. Because, again, we haven't seen Baron Corbin on screen for a few weeks now. What a, what a terrifying swerve that would be. <laughs> um, he could go back to being the lone wolf, as long as he didn't try to grow his hair out again. But anyways, I'm just still nervous about Bliss carrying the Lily doll again. I just don't want, I don't want her involved anything in that. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. It was a Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio match. It Featured distractions from uh, uh, the Judgment Day, the Judgment Day. Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens versus Alpha Academy was fun. Although I'm a little nervous that they're already throwing Johnny Gargano in tag teams rather than having him just fucking run shit. But um, did feature. Oh, that was the big news: the return of Candice LeRae. Yeah, with a win. The win. Um, also setting up, which. Which could theoretically play into the White Rabbit thing, right? Um, Nikki Cross potentially going back to crazy Nikki Cross, which would fit in very well with no matter which way the Bray Wyatt the White Rabbit thing goes, right? Um, We've
1: seen straight out seen that girl lead a lunatic faction very very well. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm I'm just astonished. Like when you see the people that were in, um, what was the name of her group? Um, Sanity, Sanity, yeah. Um, and Eric, uh,
0: Eric Young, Eric
1: Young being the premier wrestler of that group, Wolf. Eric Young being the premier wrestler of that group, you really do realize that Nikki Cross carried
0: that group on, on
1: mic work.
0: Which is fucking phenomenal. Killian Dane, that's the other one. Couldn't remember there I knew there was a couple others in there, but Alexander Wolf, Killian Dane, Eric Young, Sawyer Fulton, and Nikki Cross.
1: And as I said, she carried that group. There was a feud with Asuka, which was gold. Now she didn't beat Asuka, but that feud was gold. Like, how do you prepare for Nikki Cross?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I want from a crazy group. So her along with Bray would be, and what a great way to send an Alexa back to being normal. Have her take that from Alexa. Yep. So anyway, those were my big ones. We're gonna forever disagree. Um, Sara got a kind of shit promo. I, my biggest issue my biggest issue with it is that she shit on the women's division i changed the division come out here AEW women's interim champion
0: well she then said hey you are the best women's champion we've had you are doing a great job i don't think she shit on on that there I think her the the point of it was her saying, "Listen, I've come here to el- help elevate the women's division and help bring focus onto it. And so now I'm going to to do this. Um, and so he she went and immediately called Tony Storm the best women's champion that AEW has had. Um, which you know I'm gonna point out, I love me some Tony Storm, but she's had two title defenses. I think if even that. Um since winning it. I, I, I hesitate to say that puts her in the best champion, women's champion that we have list. Yeah. But Wait, I I will tell you
1: in, in AEW Women's Wrestling, I am jacked about Jamie Hayter. Her match was fucking great.
0: I wish they would have just pulled the trigger on her turn, though. Because as long as she's in Britt Baker's stable, she's always going to be second fiddle to Brit Baker. So do
1: you think that that changes um, a la Evolution? I, I think that's an okay thing to do. I know that people will make comparisons and they will shit on it. But I, I feel like that changes a la ev- Evolution. You know, the style that, uh, hey, good job, Randy. Thumbs up and then
0: drop him. Or, you know, possibly hey, turn on on the key stuff. I think more than likely it's going to be um s- sets up a triple threat match for the uh women's title that uh is set up, you know, Britt Baker versus Tony Storm versus uh Jamie Hayter set up to make it look like it's unfair to Tony Storm and then Jamie Hayter turns on Britt Baker in the match and costs her the match. Um, Tony Tony retains at that Tony retains him. at that point and then sets up a program, Jamie Hader versus Britt Baker. That's what I think is most likely to happen. Something similar, at least. Maybe a Fatal 4-Way with a turn or <clears throat> a rumble match with a turn or something, but So you think it's, the think, think. Britt, think it's a hater
1: turn on Britt, not a Brit turn on hater? I think
0: it's going to be a hater turn on um at the right moment. Uh,
1: Learn, quote unquote, learning her lesson from previous mm-hmm. times where this yes. has happened.
0: I mean, they they might tease a Brit turn, and then it it be Hater doing the turn before prepared for it. Yeah, yeah, before Brit can do the turn, either way.
1: Yeah, Rebel's gonna put her up on her shoulders, and Brit just starts beating into Rebel, and then mm-hmm. comes after Jamie. You know That'd be or- great.
0: Or again, a a uh like a fatal four way or whatever. and there's a moment where um Britt grabs the championship belt and Tony Storm's not in the ring and she looks like she's about to uh hit Jamie Hayter with it. Uh, and then Tony Storm, to Storm g- comes up into the ring and then uh Britt instead hits Tony Storm with it. Uh, but then instead of uh, when she goes to cover, Jamie Hayter then takes her out. Her out. <clears throat> you know, or something like that. Or
1: while she's doing big boot to the face while she's doing mm-hmm. the uh, lockjaw to Tony Storm.
0: Mm-hmm. You could even do it in a non-title match that where she then hits Tony Storm with it and then Jamie Hayter hits Britt Baker with a big move and pins Tony Storm. Uh, and now is the de facto number one contender, which then makes Brit even more angry. Something like that. Um, you had Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. Just another put over Sami Zayn. Uh, good match, always, you know, but. Matt Riddle versus uh, Damian Priest, which of course led to. A beat down on Matt Riddle. Beat down Matt Riddle and then uh, Ed challenging Baylor and ba- Baylor. Balor to the I Quit match of extreme rules. Baylor. Baylor. That's uh is that Jamie
1: Baylor? <laughs> Maybe that's uh it's Bailey in
0: Baylor Club. No, what I need to do is draw a picture of uh, Finn Balor, but then put him in uh, uh, University Baylor covers, colors, uh, and then call him Finn Balor. <laughs> that works. Uh, Smackdown, you had uh, Ricochet and Madcap Moss versus Sami Zayn and Sola Sokoa. Of course, we knew that that was going to end up with Solo Sokoa helping secure the win for the bloodline. Drew McIntyre versus Austin Theory. Nice to see he's gotten his name back fully. Yeah.
1: yeah. Boy, I I really feel like with that particular wrestler, I feel like WWE is trying to figure out how to not to shit on, on the
0: money in the bank. I... I think they're setting up a storyline with him being the underdog underdog cash in where he keeps losing, keeps losing. But they they were doing something before Johnny Gargano came back with um, Kevin Owens kind of pitching to him. You could be so much more. And I kind of thought they were going to have a Kevin Owens takes him under his wing sort of a thing. But then they didn't do that. Uh, But then in this, Kevin Owens came out to save uh, Drew McIntyre. So, I don't know.
1: I I, I really, that, again, I'm going to say, that feels like WWE, like Trips does not know where he's going with that money in the bank. Well. That particular thing almost needed to be cashed in in the um, John Deere ring of death match
0: um, and lost I think they are going to have it be a successful cash-in, um and I think that comes down to uh, we can have him lose tomorrow (laughs) we can have him lose whenever, sort of thing I I think it's going to be the shock cash-in that, uh, you know maybe is how Roman loses one of the belts um but in the end, it, it comes down to.
1: At some point, uh, they have to have Roman defend the belt separately, not unified.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that well, might that's why be, I think that might yeah. be. Hey, you can only the next night he has both titles, and you know, um, Paul Heyman says I was on the phone with legal all day, and unfortunately, your cash in is only good for one title. You need to bring the Universal title back out here, as mm-hmm. you are a member of Raw. Or you are a member? Well. Wow.
0: I had to buy some of these for my daughter's soccer game, and so I stole one. How's soccer going? Um, I mean, it's toddler soccer. It's for and under Man. soccer, so it's just like Powerbomb! Like, compliments
1: of Captain Tatum?
0: Yeah, just fucking chaos out, out there. Um, but chaos with the ball. But um, I I'm not entirely sure soccer is the the sport for my daughter, so. Um she, she gets very, so, very upset that the other team doesn't ever let her kick the ball. <laughs> uh, and uh, she's uh, not as fast of a runner as some of the other kids are, So she spends a lot of the time chasing the ball. And of course, for and under soccer, there's no goalie position. Um, so she can't just play goalie or play defense, so she's just is out there running around, and then she comes over and has to sit down for a while because her legs are tired, and we're like but your team needs you, and she's like mm-hmm, I don't care
1: <laughs> uh, and I, I had my own experience down. with that with uh, somebody allowing my son to quit football for a week and me stepping in and saying whoa, we don't quit anything we start you finish your season at the very minimum. That was an interesting few days. Also, managed to hear that person on the phone with my son say, Well, you can't quit um, regarding Taekwondo that he hasn't started yet. How strange. But, so, I'm proud of you for saying, Hey, your team needs you, even though she's four. Yeah. I'm tired.
0: <laughs> and the, the, the problem was, like, she had a game today, and, uh... This was a makeup game due to a rained-out game, right? Uh-huh. And, of course, first of all, 4 and Under soccer is absolutely a blast to watch. I'm telling you, it's controlled chaos. It's, it's not even controlled. It's just chaos. It's, uh, it's hilarious. Chaos. It's just fun. Um, but... They typically they they uh they play they practice for like half an hour and then they play for half an hour and they don't even keep score because it's four and under and no one cares right. Um, but because this was a makeup game, and normally they play on Saturdays, and this was on Sunday. Um, only two players from my daughter's team, my daughter being one of them, were able to make it today, uh, and that is not enough for
1: the, two players a soccer team does not make
0: yes and so uh the other team just they just kind of teamed up and they split up into two teams and so she was playing with some people she didn't really know and uh and then the coach for the other team came up with this idea Let's let's keep this game rolling. So he just carried a couple balls. And so if the ball went out of bounds instead of chasing it down and doing a throw in or a kick in or whatever, he just tossed the ball and just kept the play going. Uh, but my daughter had a hard time with that. So she would chase the ball all the fuck away across the, the you know, whatever. Because she didn't realize that they... Were she got to the- kick it. That's all right.
1: Uh so, so you're um, saying she's not doing like
0: um flip pass ins or anything like that? Yeah, they're not, they're not well, today. Pass. They didn't do it normally, they do, but today they didn't. Um, Nobody does
1: a front flip pass in and forth at four
0: years old. Nobody, she tries. I mean, maybe not on purpose, but you know, she tries. Will they jump, land on the ball, and flip it over their head? when when a four year old runs with a the ball there's a very good chance they end up tripping <laughs> flipping over and throwing the ball I told you it's not on purpose um,
1: oh that's fantastic that's fantastic <laughs> well that's fun that's fun and those are those are fun little events to do I think uh, I think we've pretty much uh, we haven't recapped uh, Bailey's match though on SmackDown. So
0: yeah, I haven't gotten all the way done. Hit Row versus Lost Lotharios. I was looking something up that uh, yeah. Hit Row versus Lost Lotharios. I really could give a crap about Hit Row. Don't care. Without yeah, the- I don't.
1: I um, I, I think Beefabe or B-fab might be mm-hmm. the the reason to have Hit Row. Um, but boy, I'm not all in on... on I think Hit they row. could
0: have Fab without Hit Row, and I'd be fine. I, I, I
1: even think the bigger dude's probably a pretty decent wrestler, but I'm just not sold. This is why Titus matters. Let's just say. Because I, I feel like you could do Titus Worldwide with Hit Row and in a heartbeat. But again, we've already made our own plans for Titus Worldwide.
0: Um, you had Ronda Rousey versus Natalia Featured Liv Morgan come out with a baseball bat And say you don't need to wait till Extreme Rules
1: I just want fucking Liv Morgan Like let's put the haters to rest And have Liv Morgan just go Bat shit and beat the hell out of Ronda With a kendo stick And, and, and baseball bat And hell
0: taser if you want Um, this is what I was trying to look up here. Uh, what, what it comes down to is I think they're wanting to, uh, make sure that they keep the successful cash in streak going for the Austin theory. Uh, here's what it came down to. They had, uh... Uh, Back in 2017, Baron Corbin lost his cash in Braun Strowman. The next year, it went to a DQ. Yep. Uh, So uh, a non-successful. Since then, they had Brock, Miz, Biggie. Right. Keeping in mind, Miz didn't win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Otis Uh, did. Otis did, but he won the belt or the the briefcase from Otis in a court case. Um, But anyways, so I think they're going to keep us, in theory, keep that streak going, because they have had, in the past 10 years, three unsuccessful unsuccessful cash-ins, right? They had the Cena one. Um Well, yeah, I guess that makes it four. John Cena won. Damian Sandow was unsuccessful in cashing in. Baron Corbin was unsuccessful. Braun Strowman went to no contest. Um, They also had
1: one time, and they should have learned from that, hands down, or two times now, where a guy took the money in the bank from somebody else in some way, shape, or form. uh And uh, that was Kennedy to Edge, and that was... uh, Which was a good move, but it still devalues the money in the bank and Otis, which was just horribly done. Oh, shit. What do we do now? Yeah. Well, yeah, the Otis thing. I really think the appropriate Otis move, and I know if you go back to our episodes early on in the show, this was my suggestion way back then. I think Otis should have cashed in for the tag titles.
0: I think that's fine. Um, I think some recent news that hit uh, makes the Otis winning um, and then, oh shit, what do we do, make a whole lot more sense. And that is the news that came out a couple weeks ago that reportedly uh, Vince Russo had been a consultant for WWE for the past five years. What? Yes, I think it was five years. Let me look it up. Whose
1: ear was he? In? Well, obviously Vince's.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh talked about it in his podcast recently, where he says, "Since uh, let me see if I can find the dates for it."
1: That was just such an ugly Way to have that match go You could
0: have had um, Technically apparently he said he was working As a consultant for USA Network In regards To WWE for, uh, From 2020 to, to just earlier this year Um Crash TV, bro. Have Otis win it. It says, uh, right before WrestleMania from 2020 to 2022, uh, I I, kind of feel like Otis winning was a Vince Russo idea because it had all the hallmarks of Vince Russo. Crash TV, not thinking about what you happens both the next. matches at the
1: same time in the Titan mm-hmm. Towers.
0: Yeah, put them, in the, put them together, same time. On the roof. Have somebody thrown off the roof and show up tomorrow night, even though yeah. they didn't die. Fucking, and then we have the fat guy win. That'll be hilarious. After he
1: breaks the ladder, because he can't climb it, because he's yeah. so fat.
0: He's so fat. Uh, but what happens next? I don't know, bro. We'll figure that out. So... Um, so I think I think what I I guess I'm getting at is I think they want to reestablish the successful cash in streak a little bit longer before they have a an unsuccessful. Well, in cash
1: in in dirty ways is uh-huh. a good, good way to do it.
0: Uh-huh. Inversely, we're looking at five years in a row. Importantly, all five years that they've had a women's Money in the Bank, that there was a successful. There's cash-in. been successful cash ins. So I do think that we might be getting close to time for an unsuccessful cash in there, because it does also have to feel like not a guaranteed something. Yes. Oh,
1: I, I would agree with that. I, I just the one thing that I absolutely hate
0: is the take it off the person who won it. No, Man, yeah, I, the the only re- way I ever like that is if it's a a part of the deal from the beginning. Uh, the Wrestle Kingdom contract in in New Japan, where you have to defend it one time. The... Um, uh, X, yes. Well, you have to defend it. And then if you lose, then they now have it. And then they do. They have it. to defend it. Um, but uh, the uh, uh, X Division... You know,
1: only um, a bound for glory, girl- yeah. Can
0: you cash it in, but you can lose that belt to someone else who then can use If If it's part of the rules for the thing, I'm fine with it. I don't Otherwise, like just arbitrarily saying, uh, Miz is taking the guy to court with Re- J- res- JBL court. is going to be the judge and and. And then they gonna. Yeah, I, I also
1: really, I think at some juncture we have to get to the point where the guy doesn't find an
0: opportunity, and that might be the time to do it. Yeah, that's He's... the thing I've been saying is, is e- even even you have, I mean, fucking Otis would have been a good enough spot to do it. A person who holds on to it for the full fucking year, uh, maybe maybe looking for an opportunity, or maybe. Not looking, just enjoying that he's the Money in the Bank. Oh, lucky! No, I won this case. I got to keep the case. Well, just, you know, I'm the Money in the Bank winner. I get my shot. I'll, I'll take my shot when I when I'm ready for it. And then them coming and saying, "Hey, um, we Money the in case. the Bank is tonight." We need the case, bud. We need the case back. You didn't use it, so now it's time for someone else to have a shot. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, you didn't get it forever. You just get it until the next money in the bank. Money in the bank. You didn't use it in time. Aww. Oh, Tucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, Tucky Tucky. Uh,
0: tucky. Imperium beating Seamus down, and then Shotzi versus Bailey. Um That was a fire match. It was a great match. Um then the triple uh, the the trios McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory and Alpha Academy to close the show. Um,
1: They're doing something there. I just can't place my thumb on it. and I don't have a clue. I don't know.
0: Before we get to... I don't any... know if it's going to be good so or we... not. Let's do another couple packs here. One through four.
1: Oh, Ambrosia.
0: Ambrosia's going to say 21. We'll
1: do so two, two and, and one. one in that order. She's wow. there, but I think she's sleeping. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Our, our lull of voices makes me say, yes.
0: Yes, yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, fuck. she is here. Oh, fuck, she's here. Number one Shelton, Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin. Still wrestling for WWE, huh? Mm hmm. Another person we have talked about in this show.
1: There we go. You got your one in.
0: Bruno San Martino.
1: Notice they didn't put the old WWE the WWF logo on there. WWE logo on there. Mm-hmm. I find that odd. They usually do that with those throwbacks. Oh, uh, hey. Whoa. Hey, hold on. Oh, hey. Whoa. Never mind. Sorry, I was going to talk about Ambrosia taking a bath, but
0: Ours is better, and Bruce is better Lynch. than Becky Lynch. And then my Chase card, a silver of boy. That is 11. the best pack you've done tonight. That is potentially it might be one of the best packs as a whole. And then pack number one. Puck. Which is actually the second of these packs that I open. Ooh. Off to a good start. Merch,
1: StreamElements.com, Rod order
0: Mick Foley! As General Manager Mick Foley. Yep. I almost throw it on the ground.
1: Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin. Trained by
0: one Finn Balor. hmm I actually get two sort of chase cards in this one. Uh, a select of Charlotte Flair. Charlotte. And I really like this one. A Global icons. Select oh. Hollow of Mako Satomura.
1: That is a beautiful card.
0: It really is. A really nice card. I'm very happy with that one. I'm happy
1: with it too. Because that was a good you're pack happy. Too.
0: That was a good pack too. Two more for later. Okay. Right, talk, let's talk A Dubs. Let's talk. Other dogs. than other than other than the Sareya, yeah, we talked about that. I don't want to fucking hear it. So we started off uh, the JAS Championship celebration, where he's celebrating his Ring of Honor uh, championship for the non-goat, the pinnacle of sports entertainment. Um, yeah, the, definitely not the goat though. Here's here's my thing with this. Okay, I'm gonna go back on that just a second here, because um, that was the other thing he said that him winning the Ring of Honor makes no sense, and I I don't understand how people can't see the sense that this makes. This makes perfect sense. When you're Him a, winning the pure championship would not make sense no well but it, it wouldn't make sense but it would from this standpoint it remember seldom. what his gimmick is his gimmick is the sports entertainer yeah. his gimmick is continuing to say a sports entertainer beats a wrestler every day right yeah. and when you're talking about the W the the Ring of Honor wrestling heavy fans, the ring of honor wrestling heavy promotion boy what a great heel what a great heel to have as as your champion is the sports entertainer right uh and then you you have the real wrestlers prove themselves against them sure. right uh so you have the cesaros the brian danielsons the uh, Daniel Garcias, the um, fucking Jonathan Greshams. Hell, if you
1: want, you have the Kenny Omegas. Mm-hmm. To because prove. you have the ability to switch your wrestlers back and forth.
0: Mm-hmm. I I don't think they're going to for the most no. part, but... No, but they can. But they, they could. could. They so decide. I, I think they're going... I think they're likely going to set a... A, uh, for the most part. Oh, you got a visitor. Oh. Hey, baby. What's going on? Okay, hold on one second while I figure this yeah, out. Yeah, hey. I'll come back on screen. What's going on, baby? Oh. Come and talk. Okay.
1: So, we're going to let him be a dad. And in the meantime, um, yeah, we're going to talk about Soraya's promo, man. It just, oh. Somebody get in the, in the, in the comments and tell us what you think. Um, we're going to let Smarks be a dad, and that's really cool. But Soraya, um, you know, there, there was a, 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 an interruption from. So Soraya calls for all of the wrestlers to come out. And when she when they all come out, um she it's only it's only the, the right hand tunnel or left hand if you're if you're coming out of the tunnel. So it's only the good wrestlers, the good guys, and you got Athena and Sarah, Soraya, Saraya's already ring, you got Tony Storm, um a whole plethora of people. And then it, you just wait and uh, you gotta wait for the um the heels to come in so uh, of course uh, of course Britt baker cuts a promo as she comes out um there's dirty eyes the the stink eye from soraya to Britt baker Britt baker to soraya the, this is all leading up to a 20 storm match with serena deeb uh, both of whom in my opinion can cut better promos than this was and I know a lot of people hated the Serena D promo a little while back. I did not hate that one. Smarks did hate that one. Um, so you can you can do with it what you want, but uh, at the end of the day, who? Ugly, ugly, ugly promo. Um, since we're maybe at the commercial, or um, ideally, we're probably not. I'm going to talk about the Husker football game that happened last night. The Huskers won. They're really not very good right now, and so uh, it was a very, 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 very sloppy game. Um, but we had the Huskers play, and looks like we're about to get a guy back, so we'll bring him back on here. There he is.
0: That was a first, that was a first. Kind what of...
1: a wonderful, what a wonderful uh, yeah. little
0: helper we had there. Yeah, she must have, I don't know, had a bad dream or something, woke up, but
1: that's okay.
0: We like her. We like yeah. her.
1: So we talked a little bit about Soraya while you were gone. It yep. wasn't we, but, um, mm-hmm. and then I uh, talked the Huskers winning, which, did you watch the game?
0: I did not. I did not get to watch
1: the game. It was incredibly sloppy. Yeah. Did I mention that earlier? Very sloppy. You before. did, but
0: I appreciate it's it. It's worth a
1: watch because they won,
0: <laughs> and I know you are a fan. I said before a long time ago. It's easier to be a Husker fan when you don't have to deal with other Husker fans. <laughs> <laughs> I I intentionally
1: do not watch the games at bars because mm-hmm. they are bad.
0: I uh, when I lived down in New Orleans, I could be a Husker fan because I was the only Husker fan for two or three hundred miles usually. Um, but it can be tough. Now, I live in Omaha, which, if you ask. The rest of the state doesn't count as Nebraska. Um,
1: and I have never ruled you out as part of Nebraska.
0: Most of the rest of the state does.
1: But um, you guys do have your own sporting teams everywhere except for football.
0: Yeah. But on top of it, we the thing with, with Omaha is we're close enough to Iowa. And there's enough cross-pollinization. Where uh, where there there are enough people worst. F- who who grew up in Council Bluffs who now live in Omaha and enough people who grew up in Omaha and now live in Council Bluffs that there does get to be a little bit of Iowa.
1: Did you find it weird how quickly there was some type of weird rivalry when Nebraska joined the Big 12 or Big 10? Like immediately how quickly
0: Iowa fans were like, yeah, ugh,
1: fuck them. You're just like. And some Nebraska fans were this way too. Yeah, just how quickly I think, people were like. Fuck I them. think
0: the so. Iowa fans were angry because we came into the Big Ten thinking we were big dogs, um, and and for a couple of years we were, and uh, so they got defensive. Well, I don't know if we. I don't know if we were big dogs. I we just we were medium sized dogs. Yes, we uh-huh. we
1: we were able to be in the match with
0: Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Now we're not even that. We're. Uh-huh. But I've said it before, uh, the, uh, the, the problem when we joined Big Ten was we started off in, in, in the Big 12, and before that, the Big 8. We, we were the big dogs in that, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, we shared the limelight with, with Oklahoma in the Big 8. Mm-hmm. And a little bit Colorado when they were good. And yeah. K-State when they were good. And then in the Big 12, we shared the limelight with Texas and Oklahoma.
0: Yep. And so we we were the ones running the place, right? And uh, then we joined the Big 12, or the Big 10. And suddenly, you know, we're, we're in the same overall thing as Michigan. Who, who are big dogs. Uh You know, we've got um, uh, Michigan State's a, a big dog. Penn State has been Ohio know, big State dogs for a while. Yeah, Ohio State, one of big the big dogs. Big dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so so there the, there were a lot of these big dogs here, and we came in and we were, I mean, we weren't we weren't horrible to start off with, but. Uh we also weren't top of top tier at that point. No. You know. Uh and I think that's part of where the rivalry came in. They they felt like we came in uh expecting to be the national champions. Um because we did. We came in yeah, expecting Yeah, we still to do. Be-
1: um, That's why we fire coaches every two every four years.
0: Yeah. Um. <sighs> and so, uh, but it's it's I, I think that we found the competition is harder in conference, or you know than we than expected it, was, it to be. Yes. Than we expected it to be, and in some ways. I'm not, uh, here's the, financially speaking, moving to the Big Ten, super success, right? We get so much more money for scholarships, so much more, you know, uh, advantages and everything. I think from a uh, competition standpoint, we maybe wish we hadn't done that. We maybe wish we had stayed in the Big 12 where we could be the fucking big dogs the big dogs anyways um the whole daniel garcia thing as you back to wrestling because that's what we're supposed to be talking
1: is that what our podcast is it's,
0: it's technically yes uh, until i get yeah. another uh in, interruption for my daughter we'll talk wrestling um the daniel garcia thing in the js uh where he refused to put on the bucket hat uh and and all that was really good. And then of course Brian Danielson coming out and and uh standing up for for Garcia. Uh, which is now gonna have uh Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson uh versus Jericho and Guevara. Um, that should be fun. Sammy Brian Danielson versus Daddy Magic Matt Menard was a fun match but nothing super special. Uh I have been enjoying this uh mini feud Wheeler Yuta versus MJF uh where <clears throat> Wheeler Yuta comes out and starts talking and MJF interrupts him and uh Wheeler Yuta is not exactly known for his mic skills. And this is probably the best way to uh Help him hone his mic skills by putting him against one of the best speakers on the mic. Great. Right. Yes. Um, who can deliver lines like you have about as much charisma as Joe Frazier current day? Harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Juice Robinson versus uh, John Moxley in a world championship eliminator match. Which is always one of those those stupid names. I don't, I don't like the name, World Championship Eliminator Match. Um, because it means it's not a World Championship match. But if you win it, then you get a World Championship match. Which I think is... I've always hated that. You get
1: to be eliminated from a World Championship match. Oh, yeah.
0: Just fucking give him a World Championship match. We already knew Juice Robinson wasn't going to win, Right. You're not going to have Juice Robinson come in and immediately win the championship, right? Um, but still fun. Uh, we'll skip over the uh thing. Tony Storm versus Serena Deeb as as a lumberjack match. Um, Notice they didn't call it a lumberjill match. They actually, uh, <laughs> that Taz tried to call it a lumberjill match, and. Soraya said, no, we're, we're inclusive. We call it Lumberjack Match. And then that was it. But they did mention that. Um, Lumber, Lumberjack matches are kind of a sticking point for me. You'd like to see more of them? No. I, it's very hard for a Lumberjack Match to be done right. To be done well, Right. Okay. And this is, this is an example of it not being done well, right? So in this match, you had the faces on one side, the heels on the other side, and the story was told, oh, Serena Deeb goes out, she goes out on the face side, the faces just pick her up and throw her back in. Tony Storm goes out on the heel side, the heels beat her up for a while before sending her back in. Um, and then there's the inevitable... Uh, showdown on the outside between the faces and the heels, and then it breaks down. And it's just like, eh. It just doesn't do like if if instead they did it where it was an underdog story, right, where it was the face champion inside the ring, and the entire outside was heels... And so she knew if she got thrown out, she was going to get beat up. So then the whole story they tell is that she's doing everything she can to not get thrown out of the ring. That tells something, right? <clears throat> if you do it the other way, where the entire outside of the faces and the, and the heel has to find the best ways that she can cheat inside the ring without help. I get it and everything, but most of the time they just kind of fall flat and and very, like, cut and paste. Okay. This is the way sure. it's done. So, so, I don't know. I kind of think we could do for a while without uh, lumberjack matches for a while, but... Uh, Ricky Starks came out and just destroyed some guy. I don't remember what his name is. Um, Eli Eli That's great. I wanna I wanna see Ricky Starks beat good people. I don't know. Fair. Um and then the world championship match, Bandito versus Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Um a good match. Uh Jericho won. In the end, though, um, apparently backstage, people were really impressed with Bandito as a whole. This isn't the first time we've seen him on AEW, but it's the first time in a while. So, reportedly, uh, they've offered him a contract, but we haven't got confirmation that uh, that he signed it. So, we may be seeing more of Bandito. Fair. Moving on to Rampage. Acclaimed versus Private Party versus Butcher and Blade. Uh, The Acclaimed did their whole entrance uh, where they ripped everyone apart on the way, which is why they're the most popular tag team in. Absolutely.
1: Because they have no mercy regardless of where you fall in any spectrum Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Heel, face,
0: political, does not matter. They're going to shred you. And then they're going to come in and say, scissor me daddy ass.
1: Until they're no longer scissoring with daddy ass. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Fuego Del Sol got to wrestle on TV.
1: Um, Is it just me or does 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 the father-son thing seem like it doesn't really work? What do you mean? Like just as a whole, it doesn't seem like I don't know. Father son matches don't seem like they really work that great.
0: I'm not sure I'm following where the father son matches. Well,
1: no, earlier with uh, with Billy Gunn and and uh, was it Colton that he faced in the
0: in ring? Um. Uh, they may have faced them afterwards, but they weren't part of the the match. So
1: no, earlier, th- th- not not this week. It was a oh. different
0: week altogether. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was the whole when uh the the acclaimed beat the ass boys for custody of Daddy Ass. Correct. Yes. Uh, well, I think I think. With that, the storyline always was going, how do we get Austin and Colton out of Billy Gunn's shadow? Um, As long as, you know, yes, he was a boon to them to start off with, but eventually they needed to go someplace else. You know what I mean? And as long as he was there, he was holding them back. So they needed to find some way to get them out from under him. Now they got them as part of the, the firm and keeping them well away from him. And I think that's fine. Uh, again, Fuego got, um, destroyed by Lee Moriarty of the firm. Uh, Fuego is, has settled into the jobber role very well. Um, but I don't know if I were him, I'd be getting kind of frustrated. Um, moving on, Jamie Hayter versus Willow Nightingale. This was uh, probably the match that impressed the crap out of you. Yes, it did. Um, I uh, Heel's doing
1: heel shit, too.
0: Yep. I... um. I've been a fan of Willow Nightingale. So to me, Willow Nightingale was was the star of this to me. But that's not that Jamie Hader wasn't good. It's like I'm a fan of Willow Nightingale. So
1: That's um, a fair
0: statement. And then for the main event, Roosh versus John Silver. Um, Roosh also, it has been announced, is now uh, officially All Elite. He has signed an official contract with AEW. Whereas before, he was on a per-appearance thing. Very cool. So, um, if if anyone out there tells you that they thought John Silver was going to win this, they're a damn liar.
1: Well, I mean, people who haven't ever seen a Roosh match. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I love me some Johnny Hungy. But Johnny Hungy's like... Got a mid-card dream, buddy. Five, five foot ten. May, maybe maybe six foot? Let's find out. He is billed at five foot five. I was giving him too much credit. He's even shorter than me. Um and Roosh is not.
1: shorter than you is tough
0: yeah Roosh is 6 foot zero, oh, six 6 foot even and outweighs him by a good 30 pounds um and Johnny Hungy is not a lightweight a little person by any means no but this was going to be a big thing here uh it's it, it still was a fun match, though, so I really enjoyed it. But that was this week in televised professional wrestling in America. So before we wrap things up, final two packages.
1: Two for. more. Two more. Dos más. So, let's...
0: Get another pack to, to uh, make up for giving me a fucking chase card of Dom. I, I don't know if I'll ever forgive you. Who? Dude, they can't hear you, the people who made the pack. That's fine. I can still never forgive them. I think this means all I have left is Roman, uh, Roman and I think I've got... The bloodline.
1: Well, and I think that they, yeah, because you have Sammy, Sammy, and in a in a USO role, don't you?
0: Um, the card. I don't think it shows him in in. He doesn't in- have the honorary, honorary USO shirt no. because obviously you just got it. But yeah, but I think I have him. Um, and I have the other USO, I believe, Shotzi, and I think I've got Solo Sokoa. uh katana chance fka casey catanzaro i like that card and let me down guys let me down my chase card Ooh, that's a fucking almost. orange
1: almost they almost got that one right
0: Okay, last pack. Okay, this pack might be a winner. Oh, I just drop one of the cards. Pick me a winner. First card. Indie Well
1: next to the Mrs. Cafe wife.
0: Mm-hmm. Thought we'd part. see something
1: with that, and we haven't seen that in a while.
0: Yeah. Eddie. Eddie Guerrero.
1: Also belongs in a goat conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Probably
0: not the goat. A very good... Cora Jade. A rookie card of Cora Jade.
1: So is that showing butt or is is, is that just high leg?
0: Uh I'd call that, that high that, leg, but what does that
1: picture qualify
0: as? High I leg? would call it high leg. Um and then a very nice prismatic Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. Beautiful rookie card. Yeah. And I believe that's Champa he's throwing out. So not not the worst pack for that last one, but Okay, where's my oos? I'm gonna put my ooses together. Come here, oose.
1: Dominic Mysterio, you're okay, buddy. You're okay. Bring it in. You're okay, buddy. Still fucking angry about it. You gonna be okay?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pull out the Rikishi one because he might not technically be in the bloodline, but but he's in the bloodline.
1: I don't think any of us have had a Roman card in any way, shape, or form. I might have. We'll um,
0: have I'm look. pretty sure I did in... Uh, prismatic? My, um, no, the the first set, the the one that looked like the classics. Um, I'm pretty sure that I had a Roman in that. But here, I can actually... My Prismatic right over here so I can check. Nope. I did not have a Roman in the prismatic, so... But I'm pretty sure the other ones I did. But yeah, so Roman's the only only Bloodline I'm missing. Um, I did like... I think my favorite pack I've opened so far is the one that had the regular and Chase Rikishi back-to-back. But I can't believe... I now have Chases of both Omos and... Dominic Dominic same box Eddie Hughes on that note let's go ahead and wrap things up for this um some controversy in this episode a little back and forth yeah you're wrong. I am right about you being wrong, but that's beside the point. You're wrong about
1: me being wrong, and you're wrong. It's
0: okay. No, 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 no. no. I disagree. I disagree. Obviously. Because I'm right. That's why I disagree. Uh, But on that note, we're going to go ahead and start to wrap things up. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to it if you're listening to it if you are interested we do the live stream on twitch exclusive uh sunday nights and tuesday nights are our live stream nights for it um looking to try to find a a night to do a live stream watch along of something we've played with the idea of starting a series where we do watch alongs of like every episode of nitro during the 83 weeks um but we have to find a time. And that's a little tough because we have three schedules to deal. With. Um, but anyways, but right now, twitch.tv slash rawinorderwbu is where you watch us live. We highly recommend you go there uh, to watch us um, because you can be there live. We're still going to put them up eventually on the YouTube and the audio platforms. So you can still listen to us the old-fashioned way. Uh, but Twitch is where you get to see it live. Uh, And first, because it has to be exclusive to Twitch for at least 24 hours. Part of our agreement. Uh, If you subscribe to us on Twitch, uh, you also don't have to worry about commercials ever playing. Because right now, there's a chance uh, that our Twitch people are listening to a commercial and can't see us. Those poor, poor Twitch people. Except if they're a subscriber, then they get it commercial free. No commercials whatsoever. Right? And if you are an Amazon Prime member, you get one free subscription a month. Right? So you can choose to what? subscribe to us for a month, choose to subscribe to something else for the next month. It's all good. Right? Uh, and it's free. Included. So that's a great way to do things there. Uh, make sure to follow us on the social medias. You can follow me at raw and order WBU, like it says right there. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, unless... You're on Facebook, where it's at Pissant Podcast, because Facebook has its reasons, right? You can follow D.A. Fabe at...
1: There. D.A. Vincent K. Fabe on Twitter.
0: Yes. Uh, and then you can follow JLB at all over the places. You're going to see the uh, fucking link in the description on twitch or in the doobly-doos if you're watching or listening to this elsewhere that's going to have the link tree uh with all of the links that you need in there but on that note um we're going to go ahead and close the book thank you all for listening we will see you
1: soon